It is Friday, March 17th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. First round of the NCAA tournament halfway done. And a number two seed won't be around for round two. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM on St. Patty's Day. Hi, Mackenzie's here too. We are your daily <laughs> destination for sports conversation with the Vegas lean. Uh, now here's what you need to know to start your day. I don't think anyone's talked in Ireland like that for like 500 years. I think that's how they all talk. I no, it's gotta been be to Ireland. It's gotta be true. It's yeah, gotta be true. It, it, it doesn't They're matter. more like smooth British. Corn beef and <laughs> corn beef for everybody on this St. Patty's Day and the NCAA tournament underway. That is gonna be the Vegas lead. AJ It's St. Patty's Day? Yes. Oh, okay. Green beer for all. Okay. We had, for the third year in a row, a 15 defeat a two. It had not happened in NCAA tournament history for three consecutive years. We had a 15 beat a two. We had, what, St. Peter's last year? Yep. Oral Roberts the year before? <laughs> don't, don't even get me started with Oral Roberts. <laughs> but, <laughs> but Princeton, how about... Two teams from New Jersey in back-to-back seasons getting the job done as 15 seeds. Was this a as big of a shock to you as it was to the general public? It, it was pretty shocking to me, mostly because and and I did I was a little scared of Arizona because of their injury situation. You know, their their starting big Omar Balo had a broken hand coming into this thing. Uh, Kirk Kreisa, who's like the, kind of their really their only shooter. Uh, he he has a messed up shoulder. He's been shooting his free throws left-handed. Um, so I, I didn't want to be on them because I didn't trust the health. But I didn't think they could lose the game outright either. Like I, I, was, I didn't want to lay points with them, but I certainly had them moving through in my bracket. So from that standpoint, it was certainly surprising. Maybe the most surprising part was the whole thing with Arizona, it was Princeton hadn't played a power six conference team all season. Mm-hmm. So it was they were going to be overwhelmed by an uber athletic Arizona team. And they just weren't. Like when you when you think about athleticism, the first the first stat that comes to mind is rebounding. The more athletic team is usually going to dominate the glass. 38-37 Princeton wins on the glass. Don't ask me how. But they did. Uh, <laughs> it, it was a, a pretty weak performance from Arizona, who really only played like seven guys. I think they played eight guys, but only seven guys played meaningful minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they were tired. They just didn't look themselves. And you can't blame, you know, body clock or any of those things. It was just, they just, just weren't good. They didn't shoot the ball well, but guess what? Neither did Princeton. Uh, they turned the ball over a lot, but guess what? So did Princeton. Princeton was just a little bit better, a little bit crisper than they were, and that was enough to get them a win. So the past two years, we, the 15 seeds winning in St. Peter's and Oral Roberts, they each won more because St. Peter's advanced the Elite Eight, as we know. Oral Roberts made the Sweet 16 in 2021. So we That's look crazy. at this Princeton, Princeton squad, and their next matchup against Missouri, the seventh seed, can Princeton win this game and get to the Sweet 16? Absolutely, yeah. Princeton stinks. Make no mistake. <laughs> after like, I know. Okay, they beat Arizona. 
hurrah, hurrah. And I, and I know I said the same thing about St. Peter's last year. I said, this St. Peter's team is dreadful. Like, don't let this one data point fool you. And I was wrong on that. Princeton stinks. They are not good. They are not a, a tournament caliber team. Mm-hmm. Missouri also stinks. And they just got really lucky. They got a very fortunate first-round matchup. Uh, they're not very good. So I, I think Princeton's as live as anyone to win that game. I mean, Missouri will, again, have an athleticism edge. It didn't matter much here. Uh, I, I wish these teams could knock each other out of the tournament because neither one of these teams deserves to be a Sweet 16 team, but one of them certainly will be. I'll tell you this much. We've got to start reseeding this thing. Yeah. I'll <laughs> tell you this much. The path for Creighton to get to the Elite Eight just got a whole lot easier because mm. now they don't have to line up against Arizona in a potential Sweet 16 matchup. I wonder who had Creighton in the Elite Eight. Oh, that's right. Was me. I mean, we all have Creighton in the Elite Eight, but you have them going oh. in your Final Four. Oh, I have well, I have Alabama in my Final Four. I have I, Alabama in my national championship I, game. I have Alabama. I have Alabama winning my national championship. Oh, I have Creighton really? dying in the Elite Eight. Okay, but, uh, yeah. so we're both on the same page. Yeah. But I have Alabama losing in the national championship game. Okay. Yeah. Best of luck to you, sir. Well, Best you, of luck to you. To you as well, Mackenzie. Did you fill out a bracket? I did. I filled out your bracket on ESPN.com. <laughs> I filled out RJ's bracket on ESPN.com. I filled out RJ's other bracket on ESPN.com. So I can track it. And I'm glad to say 92 percentile. There we RJ's go. Bracket. If you paid the four bucks, who listened to the dream preview, you're doing well. You're happy about it each and every year as one of our uh, more beloved products at pregame. But you didn't create a McKinsey Rivers bracket. I went to ESPN.com. I looked at the four dollar. Four dollars of three of three brackets that I got, and I filled them out. How is that not mine? Okay, you know, fair I enough. paid the fair. money. I put up my opinion, which is that AJ is smart, RJ is smart. Together, they had good brackets. I feel like if I win, I win. Okay, well, I mean, I guess bracket challenge. If you win the bracket challenge, I guess the million goes to you, right? Only to me, right? Yeah. Yeah. You'll just say, I, I, guys, I didn't know that it won the whole thing. <laughs> By the way, I quit. <laughs> I can see it now. Well, other upsets on the day, and this one was one that we called here at pregame.com. So shout out to AJ for giving this out. Furman plus six and Furman money line. On all the brackets. But let's be honest. This was as fluky of an underdog how, how win. How dare you? As you, they were covering. It doesn't matter. You had the With plus two six. two seconds to go, they were like 99 You had You win. had the plus six. Well, Kia Clark, who's been there for seven years, I th- it feels like something it. like that. I mean, it's it's like it's, who, by the way, like if you say what's Kia Clark's best attribute? Fantastic passer, great decision maker with the ball. Whoops. Yeah, <laughs> Kia Clark, who's been at Virginia for almost as long as Perry Ellis was at Kansas for, uh, he gets trapped in the corner with seconds remaining. And maybe the only thing I can think of. And they're up two. They're up two. The only thing I can think of is he thought that there was less time on the clock. And by throwing the ball down court, he thought he was burning the final two seconds of the game. But instead of taking the foul, he tries to chuck it down the court. The pass gets stolen. Furman drills the three to win the game 68-67. Unreal finish to that. Would they have to foul there? I think at that point they could have let the, is it an eight-second or ten-second clock? Yeah. Because he had been dribbling. They had, they had trapped him pretty yeah, well. Yeah, they could have just, they could have not fouled. And, yeah, tried, they could have trapped steal it, But yeah. he had a timeout. That's the thing. It's, like, unexcusable at that point. It really is one of the more baffling plays from a, uh, really, a, like, a senior, you know, player who's, been around and a guy who he was a freshman on the national championship game. Well, he so looked like he, a freshman here. He just missed 
the number one seed Virginia that lost to UMBC. So this was like wow. he he had almost fin- almost finished his whole career without one of those embarrassing losses, and he caught one. Here's how the play sounded on Westwood One. Clark runs end line, chest pass into Beekman, bounces back to Clark. Ten seconds. He is double. Slapped at. Prayer pass. Picked off by Heen. Five seconds. Pagese, right wing for the win. Yes! 2.2. And timeout, Virginia. A right wing three by J.P. Pagese. After the team that never turns it over, gets it away, and it's 68-67 Furman. Pandemonium for the Paladins, that audio courtesy of Westwood One. Congratulations, what a massive win, and now you look at Furman's chances to get to the Sweet 16, the 14 seed, which, by the way, this is the cursed matchup. In the past four tournaments, as I mentioned on the Dream Pod last week, 12 of the 16 413 games were decided by single digits. And we had this 13 beat a four. We had the 13 4 matchup between Tennessee and Louisiana get decided by single digits. Tennessee escaped there. And we'll see what happens for today's 13 4 yeah. matchups. Uh, but let's talk about San Diego State Furman and San Diego State getting by Charleston, just almost blowing the game against Charleston. But what are Furman's chances, AJ, to get to the Sweet 16 now? I, eh, I'll say. Oh, really? What do you think the line will be? Uh, it'll be five and a half, flat five, something like that, four and a half maybe. Got a shot. Uh, so remember when I was talking about Virginia, I said the matchup that Furman doesn't want is a team that can rebound. They don't want a team of athletes. Mm-hmm. That's what San Diego State is. So, uh, it, listen, I, they're a fun team. I, they got the perfect draw against Virginia. I don't know that it translates, but like you said, San Diego State was in a comfortable position and almost blew the whole thing yeah. yesterday. So uh, crazier things have happened. I wouldn't be, I, it wouldn't like blow my mind uh, to see them lose that. I will say, I it would shock me if they beat Alabama next week. That that's where my shock meter would go up. But uh, <laughs> until then, I'll, I'll give them a puncher's chance. Yeah. So the San Diego State Furman line is out. You gave a couple guesses. One of them may or may not be correct. Do we want to have a final four and a half? Five and a half. Your first instinct. That's always right, isn't it? Always right. All right. So uh, Alabama, as you mentioned, uh, they will take on Maryland. Maryland getting by West Virginia 67-65. West Virginia was up 13 early in this game. Yeah. Both these teams stink. I mean, what a choke job by West Virginia to let Maryland back in this game. Uh, I mean, what a terrible start to the game for Maryland, who scored like four points in the first nine minutes of the game. Just it was like a, 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 you know, those those rebounding drills where they put the dome over the top Mm -hmm. of the basket. That's how it felt for Maryland. Uh, Even on free throws, it felt that way. So it was 19 six, 10 minutes into the game. Yeah, just an ugly showing by both teams. But, um, again, one of those situations where you wish neither team could move on, but someone has to. <laughs> so good luck against Alabama, who, which I, I guess we can get to that game as well. Alabama in their win. What made that win unique is Brandon Miller, who we've talked about quite a bit. Zero points in mm. this game. 0.0. 0 for 5 from the field. No free throws, just five rebounds, three assists. Saving it. And a few saving turnovers. It for, saving it for the second round. I only played 19 minutes, so clearly they were saving him 
for the second round. But, yeah, not much to uh, to speak of out of Brandon Miller, the star for the Crimson Tide. They'll clearly need more out of him going forward. And one more matchup in that South region is determined. We mentioned Missouri and Princeton. So, so far we know the second round of the South, Alabama-Maryland in the 1-8 game. Spread in that one is McKenzie. Alabama laying eight and a half to Maryland. The San Diego State Furman you mentioned was five and a half, right? Yes, sir. And we have Missouri, the 7-15 matchup with Princeton. The spread is? Missouri minus six and a half. Okay. And we will have the rest of the bracket be filled out later on today. In the East, we have one second-round matchup determined. It will be the five-seed Duke against the four-seed Tennessee after Duke just blows out Oral Roberts. Uh, I thought we'd get a better fight from Oral Roberts, but... They didn't think the game started until about six or seven minutes into the game. Yeah. They, listen, this is sort of the the terrifying thing of betting on a team that you know has to make shots to win. When it, uh, when it was fifteen nothing, I was like, "Is there a mercy rule?" Yeah. Is there like you know, like eleven nothing, like a seven nothing shutout rule? Pass the sticks to the next guy yeah. waiting in line. Yeah. 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 Like the <laughs> controller just shaking on the coffee table. Literally, <laughs> literally, Oral Roberts did not score until eight minutes into the game. Yeah. Just a, a really. A bummy showing from Oral Roberts, particularly in the first half. And kudos to Duke, who came out, and there were, like a lot of people were questioning him, myself included. And they came out and had a statement game. Jeremy Roach, his return and him being healthy was huge for them yesterday. Uh, this Duke team is certainly – they gained some respect for me yesterday. Because, like I said, I think this is one of the best 12 seeds in the history of the tournament. Like, I, I really believe this Oral Roberts team is that good. And they got absolutely worked yesterday. So kudos to the Blue Devils. And Tennessee hangs on to defeat Louisiana, who outscored Tennessee. I think it was like 29 to 6 or something like that. No field goals for Tennessee in the last five minutes of the game. Well, that's what it was. Yeah. So like the Louisiana Just comes, they, they come back and a 58 55 win for Tennessee. So they don't get the cover, but they do win. Good for my survivor entry because I selected Tennessee. Uh, just a win. Again, not not spread. Well played. Yeah, well played because now I know I can't take them again. And guess what? Ain't going to win again. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm happy about that. Tennessee, Duke, Mac, what's the spread? Duke is a three-point favorite. What do you think, AJ? It's, I mean, given the way these two teams looked yesterday, it's hard to not back Duke. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Duke looked like an absolute fireball. Tennessee, again, the, the question about them – all along was going to be, are they going to be able to put up points? Mm. 58 points, enough to beat Louisiana. 58 points ain't going to cut it against Duke. Over in the Midwest region, Houston with a 63-52 gritty win over Northern Kentucky. The Norse putting up a good fight. This was, and I've seen a lot of Houston games this year. This was the most lazy baffling just like it was just an ugly performance by the Cougs they looked disconnected they looked uninterested Uh, a couple whistles went against them early and it felt like they just got down and started pouting it was like of it was very anti what their makeup has been this Mm -hmm. season but the most important thing that happened was they decided hey we're going to take our chances we are going to uh, – we're going to run Sasser out there. Marcus Sasser, the, the best player, mm-hmm. re-injures his groin. Mm-hmm. So he spent the entire second half icing on the bench. They need him. And it, the, the UH that we saw yesterday has no chance of winning the national championship. That team cannot win the national mm-hmm. They got lucky 
that they had a very forgiving first-round match. They played down to their competition. I think they walked into that game knowing that they were going to win and and did not expect the fight, and they just they kind of just walked through the game. I would accept that if they weren't coming off a thrashing yeah. in the American final. Like, usually you get beat that bad, you want to come out and you want to make a statement mm-hmm. after that. Uh, this was, oof, this was a... An, Listen, in the NCAA tournament, what matters is do you move on, survive in advance, and they yeah. do. They can't feel good about how they played yesterday. They'll take on the nine-seed Auburn, who got by Iowa 83-75, in a game that we all were on because, you know, we expected Auburn with the home advantage there being in Birmingham. But for Iowa now, Fran McCaffrey, this dude just cannot get past the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. No, and this is uh, his sixth, seventh appearance now at Iowa. Still no second weekend for Fran. So uh, I don't know when patience wears thin at a place like Iowa. Um, you know, you, it, you've had some you've had some teams that you really thought should have mm-hmm. made. Like, remember, Luca Garza was like an unstoppable force yeah. and didn't get him to the second weekend. I don't know. I, I, I don't I, I'm not saying like Fran McCaffrey's not the guy for Iowa because, listen, Iowa's kept a mediocre football coach for 100 years. And like, they, <laughs> they, like, oh, my God, you might leave. We'll give you millions more to stay. I don't know what the I, like what the mindset is there for Iowa fan. But, uh, yeah, this has got to be frustrating that they just cannot get over that hump. So second round matchup, Houston, Auburn, McKenzie, what's the spread we got on that one nine matchup? Houston minus five and a half versus Auburn. Boy, seems like a low number. It does. But the game is in Birmingham. It is in Birmingham, and the, like the and Houston look didn't look good. The health of Sasser is like a massive mm. question mark. Like if if he took that time off after the ACC or the AAC tournament, and like to like took that game off in preparation for the game yesterday, mm-hmm. and then he re-injures it yesterday, I can't imagine he'll be out there on the floor t- uh, tomorrow. I, it just doesn't make sense to me that he would be. So I think you have to think about this Houston without Sasser. Interesting, yeah. And it's not something I really want to think about right now because the the last two games I've seen them with either a limited slash or, or an absent Sasser have been blowout losses. Mm. Well, well no, I shouldn't say blowout. A blowout loss yeah. and a, a bad non-cover mm-hmm. against a pretty poor team. Well, for all the heat that the Big Ten has taken, rightfully so, at least they got uh, a couple of teams advancing to the second round. We already talked about Maryland. Let's talk about Penn State as three-point dogs beats Texas A&M pretty convincingly, 76-59. Yeah, my handicap on this ended up holding true because the the thought was A&M, they undercut all the screens. They're, they're playing for turnovers, which in turn opens up a lot of three-point shooting. You can get away with that in the SEC because no one can shoot three-pointers in the SEC. Penn State shoots a ton. Mm. They make a ton. They shot 22 threes. They made 13. That is 59%. That wins you games in college basketball. So uh, they just had no answer for the three-point shooting, forced them to try to shoot some threes, which they can't do. Uh, just a, And it ends up being a blowout game. So a, a, a real great style matchup for Penn State turns into an, an early exit for the Aggies. And Penn State will line up against the two-seed Texas, who blew out Colgate 81-61. What's the line? Texas-Penn State, McKenzie. Texas minus five and a half. Yeah, it's a, a lean to Texas. And, I would say a lean to Texas uh, as well. I, I'm, I'm not looking to really get in the way of this Penn State team that's playing so well right now. Remember, they they 
were within a couple seconds of winning the Big Ten championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're playing about as well as anyone. But you can make that same argument for Texas, who, again, blew out Kansas yeah. to, to win the Big 12. Uh, and the physicality of that team is just going – it's a lot to, for people to handle. If you, if and Now, Penn State plays in a physical league, so it's not like they haven't seen it before. Uh, but Texas is big and skilled. It's a unique team, and I, I could see them giving the, the Lions some problems. Well, uh, speaking of the Kansas team that Texas blew out, Kansas took care of Howard 96-68. They'll match up against the eighth-seed Arkansas Razorbacks who got through Illinois 73-63. Yeah, this was a, a really good showing for Arkansas, and it was a game that a lot of people were like, uh, him and hawing about, I don't know which side to take. But by the end of it, like there was no doubt that Arkansas was the better team. There's something about this Illinois squad that's just not connected. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know if Brad Underwood. It's almost like Brad Underwood. Someone said, "Hey, this is the team you're coaching this year," and he was like, "What? These guys?" <laughs> and like none of them, none of them seem to be on the same page. Uh, and it, it showed up again yesterday. Again, Arkansas has a ton of talent. Super talented team. Probably five professional players on that team. Probably three first-round draft picks. Wow. Probably two lottery picks. Like, that team should be competing with anyone. And usually um, usually this is where a team like that shines. shines. Like, no throughout the grind of the regular season, it doesn't come to fruition. But in the NCAA tournament... Talent takes over. Players players play. You want to have and, and the best put, Jimmys and Joes. Exactly. You put the ball in the hands of your stud guards and just watch them go off. Uh, and, and sometimes you, all the strategies and the plays that you design during the, the regular season just go out the window and you just say, hey, go out there and win me a basketball game. And so thinking about that, Arkansas, Kansas. McKenzie, what's the spread on this game? Because maybe Arkansas is a live underdog here. What do we got? Yeah. Tighter than I would imagine. Kansas minus four, minus oh five. So three and a half's out there versus Arkansas. Yeah, I would I would lean to the Razorbacks here. Mm-hmm. Uh they, what they did to Illinois yesterday was like Nick Smith Jr., six points, two of ten shooting. Yeah, that's their best player. Anthony Black, their second best guy, four of twelve shooting, twelve points. Didn't get great performances from their stars. Still got a, a comfortable 10-point win yeah. over a solid Illinois team. Uh, I, I think that they can give Kansas some problems. The other matchup that we know about in that uh, West region is Northwestern and UCLA. UCLA blows out UNC Asheville. Northwestern, 75-67 over Boise State. So the Wildcats saying, we are here, we are for real, and we've made it. To the second round. Well, when I said um, you've got to worry about a team like Oral Roberts, who you you rely on for shooting, if they miss their shots, it's going to be a bad night. Northwestern, a team who you expect to make no shots, eight threes drop for them. Wow. I've got to look it up. I would assume that's the season high for three-pointers for Northwestern. Eight. Eight. I mean, That's that's a lineup. This is not a uh, this is not a good shooting team, um, but uh, they they shot really well yesterday and, and got themselves a nice win, the second win in tournament history for this team. So uh, kudos to Northwestern for getting the job done. Hey, congratulations for Northwestern. So let's take a look at today's matchups. Oh, and one other thing, let's mention the first half unders. 
which uh, we talked about on the Dream Pod. It's uh, one of the things that it's it's been highlighted in recent years, and it has now become kind of mainstream. First half unders in the first day of the NCAA tournament, 16 games, 10, 5, and 1. Useful. That is extremely profitable. Useful. If you just bet every single one of them, you came out ahead. So, And I stand corrected. They've they've hit double digits a few times this year. So uh, sometimes, uh, yeah. I I I apologize to Northwestern for thinking eight was the most they could possibly make, but I really did. All right. Well, (laughs) speaking of uh, first half unders, and it might be a play that I like for the early game here, twelve fifteen Eastern time, USC Michigan State, Sparty two point favorites on the Dream Pod. We went through this game a lot, AJ, and I think we're all in consensus agreement. The Trojans are the way to look. Yeah, I like the Trojans here. Um, again, I, I I don't disagree with that under. I'd like to see what the health situation is. Well, under in the first half. For, under yeah. in the first half. Mm-hmm. What the health situation 64, is I think. for USC, who has a guy, Vincent Iwachuwu, who is a legit elite rim protector, seven foot one freshman, a five star freshman, who is erasing things at the rim. If he's on the floor, I, I suddenly love the first half under and probably the full game under here. Uh, him being on the floor more means less offensive bigs on the floor for USC. So mm-hmm. that it, it works both ways. So that's the kind of guy who I, I love to, to back when he's on the floor for an under a guy who doesn't really demand much on the offensive side and creates hell on the defensive side. The three fourteen matchup in the Midwest. This will be a twelve forty, the second start of the game uh, of the day. Xavier and Kennesaw State. Xavier twelve and a half point favorites. Yeah, the number's high. Uh, Kennesaw is not a a pushover. This is a team that's been together for a long time. This is a team that's that's played together. Most of the core of these guys have played together for three years. Uh, they all started on this team in their first year. They won one game. And for them to be where they are right now, I know they're excited. Uh, again, loaded with upperclassmen. I, they've Again, this is a team that's got to hit shots to stay within the number, but they're certainly capable. They swept Liberty this year, who most, most people thought were going to just cruise to the A-Sun title, and they did that by shooting 40% from three in both those games. Xavier, similar profile defensively to Liberty. I could see Kennesaw hitting plenty of shots here. Xavier, bottom 50 mm. defending against three-pointers. So, as I mentioned earlier, the 14-3 matchups over the last four years, 12 of the 16 matchups decided by single digits. Both matchups yesterday decided by single digits. That's now 14 of the last 18 14-3 games have been decided by single digits. I think it's a pretty good bet to take the double digits with Kennesaw State. Because even if they lose, 14 out of 18 is too good to pass up those numbers. Don't disagree. Uh, Another 14-3 matchup. You see Santa Barbara and Baylor, and we have a double-digit spread here. Baylor laying 10.5. Yeah, Santa Barbara won the Big West, a better conference than it's been in the past. They're a physical team. They've got good size. They're not going to be overwhelmed by Baylor. And this is a terrible defensive team in Baylor, which sounds crazy. Their adjusted defensive EM over the last three years, on average, was 13 in a three-year span. This year, they're 104th. They're terrible at the rim. They are 314th nationally in two-point percentage allowed. Wow. Guess what? 
Santa Barbara doesn't take threes. They get to the rim. They get to the free throw line. They're top 25 nationally in two-point percentage on offense. Baylor, typically a team that thrives on the boards. I don't know that they will here. They, their last two games against Iowa State out-rebounded 80-41. to 41. Something's going on with this Baylor team that I don't like. Not a team I'm looking to back coming into the tournament. Sounds like an underdog day here today. Uh, the 12-seed VCU against the 5 St. Mary. St. Mary's laying four. I like VCU here. I liked VCU from the jump. I, mm-hmm. I still like them. We saw St. Mary's struggle against that press against Gonzaga. Guess who presses all the time? VCU. They have a menace in Ace Baldwin on the ball. He is a problem. He is a handful on we that end. call that guy the mosquito. That, great word for because, it. Because uh, we are our short little point guard. You know, on, on our AAU team, we said, you know, during the press, said, you're the mosquito. Your job is to annoy the shit out of whoever has the ball. So they just keep swatting you away, and you just keep annoying them and annoying them. Coincidentally, not coincidentally, but conversely, that's the word, right, McKenzie? The opposite. So, depending on what your next yeah, clause yeah. is. The center, who was back on the free throw line, his name was Burnt Toast. Because <laughs> if anybody got behind him, your ass was Burnt Toast. So we had the mosquito. And burnt toast. Well, we saw Aiden Mahaney, <laughs> when he was pressured, do the behind-the-back, like throwing it over his head, trying to clear the ball. That'll be a problem against his VCU team. This is an athletic VCU team. And St. Mary's, they struggle a little bit with that. They don't see it a lot in their conference, but they do see it with Gonzaga, who mm-hmm. beat them two out of three times, should have beat them three out of three times. Yep. They lost to Houston. They lost to New Mexico. When they've played against these athletic teams, they've had a hard time. Uh, Scoring is going to be tough to come by for both teams, but I, I think I think VCU can hang within this number. I think they've got a real shot to win the game. The 15-2 matchup, Vermont and Marquette. Marquette, 10.5-point favorite. So are, are we thinking there's going to be another 15-seed win? No. Uh, I don't think there's going to be a 15-seed <laughs> win. But and I, I've heard a lot of people that I respect say that take the points of Vermont. I've they like the points with yeah. Vermont. I'm not one of those people. I'm totally steering clear of this game. Vermont dominated uh, the America East Conference in the worst America East we've seen in a long time. Uh, they don't have like an Anthony Lamb that they've had in recent years, like a go-to elite scorer. Uh, but Marquette, they listen. They protect the ball. They don't let you have it. Vermont doesn't either, but when it comes to you got two teams who don't turn it over, I'm going to go with the team who on their resume force a shit ton of turnovers Mm. versus one that doesn't turn you over at all. To beat Marquette, you've got to have elite size. You've got to have elite athleticism. That isn't Vermont. My only concern is, and I think probably most of these sharp guys are thinking the same thing, Shaka Smart, this is six straight tournament appearances. He's gone out in the first round. Uh, so there's some people who think maybe it could be a seventh. I love Shaka Smart as an underdog. 75% ATS as a dog this season. Not as in love with him as a favorite. So it'll be a pass for me. Pittsburgh, from the first four to the first round, the 11-6 matchup, they will take on Iowa State. Iowa State laying four and a half. And remember, 10 of the last 11 tournaments, or 10 of all of the 11 tournaments that have featured the first four, a team from the first four, has advanced to the second round. You know, I said when we were doing the, the pod previews on Monday and Tuesday night, I said if one of these teams is going to advance, I would guess it's going to be the team that plays Iowa State because they don't have to go out to Denver and play. Mm-hmm. But now I think about it, I think Arizona State in their matchup with TCU may have an edge playing at altitude because they've played there this year that TCU doesn't. 
Uh, I don't like Iowa State. I don't like Pitt. I think Iowa State wins the game. I, I don't feel good at all about laying points with this. It feels like a good under game. It, 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 that's a great – well, I don't know. Pittsburgh's low, so terrible so, on so, defense. low total, 131.5. Pitt is – remember, Pitt in the, in the ACC tournament gave up 81 points to Georgia Tech. Yeah. It can't happen. I've, I've got, I just, you know what? I don't even want to watch this game on my television. I don't even want to have it on my on the iPad. Just keep it away from my eyeballs. All right. Well, let's go to the next game, the 11-6 matchup in the South. Creighton against NC State. Creighton laying five. And I know you love the Blue Jays. Yeah, oh, now we're talking, baby. I love this Creighton team. Uh, this is a team that NC State probably shouldn't even be in this tournament first. Well, they should have at least been in a play-in game. They have to get their big man going, DJ Burns. And to do that, they've got to pull Ryan Kalkbrenner away from the rim. Creighton just cannot do that. He is an elite defensive big. He's elite on the offensive end. I think this is an incredibly underseeded Creighton team as a six. To say that they're not like a top 15 team in the country just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, and NC State, the strength of their offense is not turning the ball over. Creighton's bottom 10 nationally enforced turnovers. They don't care if you turn the ball over. They're going to be in your face defensively and force you to take a bad shot. North Carolina State will take plenty of bad shots. I love Creighton in this matchup. Iona, UConn, this game is being hyped up because Rick Pitino could be Rick Pitino's last run at Iona. Connecticut's nine-point favorites in this game. Yeah, this is going to be a sit-back-and-watch game for me. I, I like Everything about this says I should be on UConn. And I just can't because there is such a massive coaching discrepancy between Hurley and Patino here. Sure. I, I don't want to be on the wrong side of the coaching advantage. And if you take UConn, you are without question on the wrong side of the coaching advantage. So uh, it's going to be a, a sit back and, and watch game for me. The one seed Purdue takes on Fairleigh Dickinson, winners from the first four. Purdue, 23-point favorites. And, you know, everyone expects Purdue to be the first number one seed to be eliminated. And when that happens, sometimes the public is wrong. And it wouldn't shock me to see Purdue go on a little bit of a run here in their bracket just because everybody is predicting them to lose in the second round. Yeah, I, it wouldn't – I mean – it would surprise me if they go on much of a run, but what won't surprise me is if they absolutely hammer this team here because this is uh, this is about as ideal of a matchup as you could have had. This is a bad, bad defensive team in Fairly Dickinson. Do they have any size that can compete? No, with it? No. no size. Yeah. This is a bottom four team nationally in defense. Wow. How do you stop Zach Eady if you're yeah. that poor of a defense? I have no answer for it. Just foul them all game? I, Good luck. Uh, Good luck. This is a Zach Eady is like he's a real he's a 74% three-point shooter or a free throw shooter. He's not a bad free yeah. throw. You can't if that's your strategy, you're probably not winning the game. Like this is a he it's just a real matchup problem. I don't want to lay that many points with Purdue. I, I may look at a Purdue team total uh, okay. later on today. That, that's Complete a possibility. This sentence. Daddy should put all his money on as Homer Simpson said to Lisa, who was on a heater. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 it's tough to say. I, I mean, I <laughs> dang it, I thought it would be easy to say. No, there's a few teams that I like. Is there anyone that you should put all your money on? No, like there's too many games here. Any hammer plays today? Uh, Creighton is a hammer play for all me. Right. Drake, okay. I'm already very, very invested oh, in I Drake. Let's yeah, go. and let's talk that Drake game because Drake Miami, Miami, a two point favorite. Money continues to come in on Drake. I don't think. I, I think that w w what we've been talking about with Miami is. 
are they going to be healthy? And is is uh, Norshad Omir going to play? The line move says he's not going to play. I don't think he's going to play. And if he does, I'd be happy with three. If he doesn't, I think any number this side of pick mm. is value. Okay. So uh, he, I think he's that valuable to what they do. He's the closest thing to a big they have. He allows all their all their guards because they really play a four guard set. He allows them all to switch because of what he can do down low. If if he's not playing, they're in real trouble against this Drake team who is tough. Kentucky and Oscar Shibway, four point favorites over the eleventh seed Providence. Funny you mention Oscar Shibway because the the whole reason why I I have no idea what's going to happen in this game is when Providence wins games, it's because they punk teams out on the glass. They're a very good rebounding team, offensive and defensive rebounding team. Oscar Shibway is the best rebounder in the entire country yeah. for Kentucky. So I, I feel like it's strength for strength. They cancel each other out. Ed Cooley, 69% ATS as a dog. Mm. It's hard to ignore. John Calipari hasn't had a lot of tournament success lately. It's a lean to Providence, but nothing firm for me. Gonzaga, a 16-point favorite over Grand Canyon, who didn't have their equipment uh, as of a day ago due to some travel blunders, but they finally got all their stuff. Good good for them. Yeah, uh, Grand Canyon was kind of – they're kind of lucky to be here. Shot Shot the lights out in the WAC tournament. And but they don't have any offense at the rim, and that's where you've got to beat Gonzaga. Plus, they turn the ball over a ton. If you turn the ball over against Gonzaga, you might Gonzaga as well put up ninety on you. Just don't Easy. show up for the game, please. Yeah. Like you're wasting everyone's time. Uh, I like over one fifty-five and a half here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to have a play on the side. The, the Ken Palm makes this game twelve. So if you're paying 15, 15 and a half, you're you're paying a Gonzaga premium. I'm just not interested in doing it. So uh, it is a, an overlook for me. Florida Atlantic, Memphis, Memphis, a two point favorite in the eight nine matchup. Again, to me, this is a coin flip game. I, I have no idea who's going to win this game. So what I did for bracket purposes, I'll talk bracket on this play in particular, since you know I, I don't feel good about a bet on either side. For what I think is a coin flip play. of the brackets had Memphis advancing, 30% had FAU. I said, well, I guess I'll just take Florida Atlantic, be on the side with the edge, that if it's a coin flip, and I'm going to be right with 30% of people who pick heads versus 70% of people who advance if it's tails, I'd much rather advance with that smaller group. So Florida Atlantic's the way I'm looking here. Okay. Uh, I got Memphis in my bracket. Good luck That's to you. That's the way I'm going. You're a 70 percenter. I also have Memphis. <laughs> I also have Memphis beating Purdue. Uh, Montana State against Kansas State, the 14-3 matchup, the dreaded 14-3. Uh, Kansas State is an eight-point favorite. Here's another team that I like, another underdog I like in Montana State. This is a, a, a top 75 defense, uh, a team that played in the tournament last year. Kansas State, vulnerable at the rim. That is where Montana State lives. Uh, they have one of the highest free throw rates in the country. Kansas State puts you at the free throw line a lot. Kansas State fouls you a lot, or they turn the ball over a lot, pardon me. Bobcats top 75 nationally in takeaways. They match up pretty well here. And with Kansas State, they've got two stars, Keontae Johnson, Marquise Noel. The two best defensive players for Montana State, Caleb Fuller, who's a defensive specialist, and the defensive player of the year from the big sky and Darius Brown, those two guys mm-hmm. are going to be matched up on Kansas State's mm-hmm. two best guys. This is also Jerome Tang's first tournament. So rookie head coach playing his first tournament game. I could see him being a little bit tight. I think Montana State can hang around here. All right, let's go to the 4-13 matchup. Kent State and Indiana, the Hoosiers, four-and-a-half-point favorites. 
This is going to be, first of all, this is going to be a popular upset pick. Uh, I, I, and I don't think it's wrong. Kent State can certainly hang with this team. The only thing that works, they're a very physical team. They are the only good defensive team from the MAC. So if the, if the MAC would have had any other team come through, Akron, you know, Ohio, whoever, they're getting wrecked in this spot. Kent State is, is in a good spot here as a dog. They the four and one ATS as a dog this year. The average cover cover margin in those games plus twelve. They lost by five at Houston. They lost by seven at Gonzaga. They can hang with the best teams in the country here. Their two best players are senior guards. I love that in a tournament team. The only problem is there's a fella named Trace Jackson Davis playing for Indiana, mm, and good. talented bigs will eat this team alive because they don't have that size. I looked back at the Gonzaga game. Drew Timmy put up 29 points, 17 rebounds in that game because Kent State had no answer for him. I could see a similar story here unfolding with Indiana and Trace Jackson Davis. And the final game of the night, the 11th seed Arizona State from the first four takes on TCU, TCU five and a half point favorites. Yeah, I, I lean to Arizona State here. I think they can hang around that number and the fact that They've played at altitude. They did the mountain trip this year. TCU has not gone up to altitude. I think this could be an advantage for them, even on the, you know on the turnaround. And like you said, it seems every year an 11 seed gets a gets a win after the play-in game. Uh, wouldn't shock me if Arizona State was able to uh, to hang with TCU here. So there's a wrap up of the first half of the first round of the NCAA tournament. Uh, AJ, how'd you do in your last man standing? You had five entries, right? Four out of five, still alive. But I do have a frustration to air. What's that? Um, stations, God bless them. I mean, glad they're doing the contest and all. But I went to go put in my plays last night. Uh huh. I can't make plays until 8 o'clock this morning. So I haven't even put in my plays for today. Wow. They won't let me. So is that every day the plays have every to be made? Every day I got to show up in the morning and put in my plays? <laughs> what? Go get some breakfast and go uh, make the plays? Wow, I just want to sleep, man. I just want to sleep and then watch these games. My question is why? I don't get it. What purpose? Uh, like in the college football, I always would get up on Saturday morning when I was doing their college football contest and always play the best lines possible. I get that. But you were choosing to do that. Uh, but I, ha I had the option to go in. Right. I could have gone in like Wednesday night or Thursday night and put in my plays if I wanted to. You know what? I'm flying out of the country. I'm just going to put in my plays. I might lose a couple points of line value, but it's my choice. Yeah, I went in last night and I was like, hey, on my way, actually on my way here, I, I went in and I said, hey. Let me uh, get these let get these last man standing picks. And I'm like, oh, we can't do that until eight o'clock in the morning. I, it's unbelievable. And there was a guy that was like, they don't want anybody to win. They don't want you to win, brother. They don't want you to win. <laughs> well, in my survivor pool, now it's not the same as the last man standing because in uh, my survivor, it's you pick a team to advance, not with the spread, just to win in advance, and then you can't use that team for the rest of the tournament. Okay. So I chose Tennessee with my entry. And Tennessee won and advanced. Uh, for today, I have Purdue. It was, it was a one seed. They should win. Yeah. <laughs> it should win. They're 23 point favorites to advance. Uh, yesterday, in this pool that started with 397 people, down to 285 people. Ooh. 49 out with Virginia. Arizona. Oh, Virginia. 
Just suckers. Because keep in mind, like, you got to play strategy here. You don't want to – you have to pick a team that you don't think is going to advance all the way. Yeah. So the 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 most picks were on Tennessee. 106 <clears throat> picks were Makes on sense. Tennessee. 49 were on Virginia that lost. Duke and San Diego State, 33 picks each that advanced. Okay. And UCLA, 31 picks that advanced. So not many people believing in either of those teams to advance How many far. went out with Arizona? Any? Uh, 14 people. Okay. Yeah. RIP, friends. I will say this. Two people advanced with Furman. Good for them. Good for Good for I want to Ballsy. shake their hands <laughs> wow. because I don't know if they have multiple entries, but like just the balls to select the the upset in Furman, it, it's just hey, you could have taken Tennessee <laughs> and you could have won, could have taken Duke and had a no sweat winner in advance, but you got the three pointer with about a second left after an incredible steal and you're still alive in the Survivor contest and that's all that matters, right? Survive and advance. On the NBA scoreboard last night, the Milwaukee Bucks lose to the Indiana Pacers 139-123. Giannis did play in this game. Mackenzie Rivers, our NBA guru, this was not an expected outcome. What happened in this Bucks Pacers game? Three-point variance. I mean, it's kind of uh, silly to say that when any NBA game can be decided that way, but this one in particular... 22 threes from the Pacers, the Bucks, who are a much superior three-point shooting team. Only 11, 33 points of difference. They lose by 16. Sounds about right. Yeah, the Bucks had a 10-point lead after the first quarter, too. It just uh, completely collapsed. At home in the Central Division, where they're like 70% ATS, 80% straight up since uh, Giannis' first MVP. Sometimes it happens. The Suns beat the Magic 116-113. Raptors over the Thunder 128-11. The Kings topped the Nets 101-96. And it was the Nuggets defeating the Pistons 119-100. Jokic with 30 points. 10 boards, 9 assists. I think he's a little pissed off that McKenzie's talking about Embiid to be the MVP. I want to read a text that McKenzie sent our group chat the other day. This was Tuesday at 525 Pacific time. He said, Embiid plus 220 to win MVP. At the moment, it looks like great value. And I specifically said at the moment because the Nuggets were down by 15 at half. So... A smart bookie, I'm sure Westgate, would never have the MVP lines up, but DraftKings, FanDuel, they want all the recreational money they can get. They left that up. The Pacers were, I mean, the Nuggets were on track to lose their fourth straight. Uh, you know, conversation the last couple weeks has been swirling, but, yeah, if they lost their fourth straight and beat, it was going to be the favorite the next day. I was, I was confident. As of this morning at Will Hill, or Caesars, whatever you want to call it these days, Joel Embiid, minus 105. Mm-hmm. Nikola Jokic, minus 105. Well, we're on, in a on, dead heat, baby. On DraftKings, Embiid minus 110, Jokic plus 150. Oh, boy. Giannis plus 300 still, so he's still hanging around. Uh, I mean, Any one of them could win it. 14 straight wins, impressive performances, drop-offs from the other guys. It's really a live race. I'll be honest, and this is, you know, this is more my mindset than any – I don't have any data to back this up. But the idea that they will give a guy a third consecutive MVP – when there's another extremely viable candidate, yeah, seems unlikely. It's got to be voter fatigue. And I, I do believe Especially it. And, and voter second, fatigue. right? Yeah, exactly. The, the, when I found out that he was going to get third, I mean, second three times in a row, and Jokic was going to get first three times in a row, the three seasons haven't been different enough for that to make sense. I mean, it's not. I don't think there's any like espionage or conspiracy or anything, but it just wouldn't feel right if it was close. 
if if Jokic like it was, you know, four weeks ago, big lead, then yeah, you know, people can explain that. But if it's close, I think you got to go. Ty goes to the underdog. Well, Embiid will have a chance to uh, improve his numbers tonight. The Sixers take on the Hornets. The Hornets, who Jordan might sell uh, a nice stake of the team. Uh, the Sixers, ten point favorites over the Hornets. Mac, what do you think that news does? I mean, that's like the only remarkable thing about the Charlotte franchise organization that he was born there, he was raised there, he had his, his dad had his tongue out when he was working on his on his on his you know on his truck outside while he was shooting on a on a clay court. What is Charlotte basketball without Michael Jordan? I think it's kind of sad. So uh, I mean they're nothing of a season. Lamelo Ball's gone. They've been the worst offense in the league without Lamelo Ball. So I kind of think it's a uh, it's kind of palm in the building. And Jordan is the NBA's only black majority owner. Until LeBron, maybe they just until, they swap it off. Until yeah. LeBron, well, LeBron's waiting for the Vegas franchise. True. True. Uh, Listen, move Charlotte out to Vegas. <laughs> He'll be feel bad about that. Vegas Hornets, uh, the Warriors, they take on the Hawks on the road. So the Warriors are underdogs. AJ, are you riding your system here? Listen, uh, straight winners. It feels it's. I'm I'm gonna defer to McKenzie here because he said I don't know if I love it tonight. I'm going to have a chance to play it again tomorrow because they're at the Grizzlies tomorrow. The Grizzlies are a dominant home team. I'll probably lay more juice with the Grizzlies. I get it. But after watching Steph, like I felt like I I don't bet many NBA games. So when I bet them, I watch them. (laughs) I I just got lucky and got to see one of the best performances, I think, that could have happened this entire season. I mean, Steph Curry is just – he continues to be – when he is healthy, I still believe he is the best player in the NBA. And, Mackenzie, you can probably laugh at that or something. But I, I, I thought a, that in 2015, 2016, <laughs> 2017. thought that for a while. I, I've just – there's no one like him. There's no one in the world who can do and the I things that he does. And I get it's hard to value. He's not good defensively, and you're thinking about the best all-around player. But his impact on the game, making other players better, being the best offensive player in the league, I think it puts him apart. I mean, he's very close with Giannis and these other guys. But I think he's the best. But playing at that level terrifies me against a team like the Hawks. Like, I could just see him going off and, and winning a game by himself. You don't think I, Trey Young's going to lock him up? I, no. Like, I know the Grizzlies will play defense on him. I know they will. I, I can't trust the Hawks to do it. I think I'm going to – I know when you play a system, you're supposed to play everything. You're supposed mm-hmm. to play it every time. I'm going to – this is a selective system. I'm selectively passing on the war, on the uh, the Hawks tonight. All right. We have your Cavaliers or six-point favorites at home against the Wizards. Any thoughts there, Mac? I feel like Washington needs the game more. Uh, they're fight, fighting for that eighth seed where Cleveland's kind of locked into the fourth seed. But the power ratings make it pretty close, so no big play in that one. The Timberwolves at the Bulls. Chicago laying three. Anything there? Yeah, I'm surprised Chicago is the favorite. I think their season's over. I'm definitely looking at Minnesota in this one. The Rockets, who are just scorching hot, uh, <laughs> they are six-point home dogs to the Pelicans. We've seen th- this team now fight hard, two impressive wins against the Celtics and the Lakers. Do they show up and try and win a third straight here against the Pelicans? I mean, it wouldn't hurt their draft odds. Let me ask you a question, AJ. James Harden reportedly might be on his way back to Houston. Why? That was my question to you. Why? Like, you what, have an what awesome happened? thing coming in. Like, you're about to have a, or you're hopefully going to have a, a, a generational talent playing for you. Don't poison the well. Oh, you're saying why for for Houston's? I don't I don't get it from either side. No, would, no. What, what, like, what's the? I'm with you. Uh, but that <laughs> yeah. makes sense to me too. What What's the benefit to Harden? Right. 
Like, I, I don't I, want... I guess the question, it begs the question, how nice are the strip clubs in Houston or the nightlife? I mean, you were there you were every night. They're, they're strong. strong. All right. The butt-naked clubs, they call them. Uh, H-Town. Yeah. Well, listen. If his goal is to con- if his goal is to continue to never win an NBA Finals, then yeah, right, go back he's like, Houston. "Oh, this is getting close." Yeah, this, is getting close. Know, this, this is looking too good. Billy, I got to get out of here. Another story in the NBA. You can't, you can't be called a uh, a choker if you're just never in the big moment. I was the twelfth seed. What am I going to do? Yeah. Uh, another story in the NBA. They it looks confirmed now that Lonzo Ball is going to have a third mm-hmm. surgery on his knee, third one in the last fourteen months. And they say now he might miss the entire 23-24 season as well. Never lost. (laughs) This is becoming a real problem. Like, I mean, how do you even build a roster going forward? Nightmare scenario. It's Brandon Roy. Literally since the day he stopped playing last January, the Bulls have been like, you know, a bottom five team. And before that, they were like the most exciting team in basketball. Um, Who do you think has a better career going forward? Ben Simmons, Lonzo Ball. Because Lonzo Ball was playing excellently, like the last time we saw him. But uh, yeah, it's it's pretty sad news for the boys in Chicago. Yeah, that's tough, man. Tough break for the Bulls. Well, I can tell you who's going to have a, a better, um, you know, better career than both of those guys. It's the player who was taken after Lonzo Ball is Jason Tatum. <laughs> you know, right. I mean, I I still said it, man. The Lakers are going to regret that for forever. Speaking of Tatum, the Celtics take on the Blazers and Boston laying four on the road, McKenzie. I like Boston, uh, Portland. I don't know. Did you hear Damian Lillard's interview when he said, uh, I just can't see myself playing a long time in the, this league the way it's going? It was very ominous, and it doesn't seem like he's locked into this season. More about his, you know, place in NBA lore all time because I know he's not going to win a championship so uh, I would lean towards fading Portland down the stretch Grizzlies take on the Spurs Memphis eight-point favorites on the road and finally the Mavericks at the Lakers Lakers five-point favorites so we can assume no Luka and no Kyrie he did good news though Luka did avoid any serious injury Uh, Kyrie's always banged up but he's nothing to worry about so at least they'll get those guys back and you know, fight for the play-in. Lakers currently one game back of the Mavericks in the uh, currently in the play-in tournament. Mavericks are the eighth seed. Lakers are the ninth seed. Uh, but the Lakers also one game back of the Timberwolves for the seven. Two games back of the Warriors for the six. The overfest in the NHL calmed down a bit last night. Four and seven overs last night so more unders than overs but still on the week since monday if you uh add in the four and seven to the 16 and three that's 20 and 10 to the over that's like first half unders (laughs) in the ncaa tournament yeah since uh monday it's been a lot of overs in the nhl last night was a fun night for the panthers who scored seven goals in the first period Against the Canadians. Record? I don't, I honestly don't know if it was a record or not. There were 10 goals scored in the first period. 7 3, Montreal had, uh, Florida had a lead over Montreal. Tied the all time record. Seven tied the all time record? Attended. 10 tied the the all time record. Yeah, makes sense. Seven first period goals, and they go on to beat the Canadians 9 5. This was a play I gave out on pregame.com Panthers minus a goal and a half. And at one point, I'm like, wait a minute. It was, it's like 3-3, and Canadians only have three shots on goal? Like, what the heck is going on here? And it was 3-3 in the first six minutes of the game. And then all of a sudden, it's 4-3, and I'm like, all right, at least Florida's got a lead, and we'll see what happens later on in the game. Then it's 5-3, 
Then it was 6-3. Then it was 7-3. Still in the first period. This was one of the, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but this is a Montreal team now that a couple of nights ago gave up eight goals to the Avalanche, and they just gave up nine goals here to the Panthers. Wonder what's going to happen when they take on the Lightning over the weekend. Are they going to switch up goalies? Yeah, they've used both goaltenders in both games, right. so uh, just absolutely bizarre. Uh, Rangers and Penguins continue their de facto playoff series, second game in, in just a couple of days between these two, and they'll play again on Saturday. Rangers with a 4-2 win, avenging the overtime loss that they suffered in Pittsburgh a couple of days ago. Again, these two teams will match up again on Saturday. The Lightning and Devils, same thing. It's like a playoff series. They played uh, two days ago. They'll play again on Sunday. Uh, the Lightning a 4-3 win in a shootout over the Devils. These two teams, when they played a couple of nights ago, uh, Lightning won 4-1, but it was a lot of negative puck luck, if that's a, a term, for the Devils. The Devils had a goal disallowed early in the game that instead of being up 1-0, they could have been up 2-0. You're up 2-0, it changes the whole game. 1-0 is, is a completely different game. They also hit three posts in that first two periods so that's five goals they should have had instead of one not should have but could have had like if you were looking at their expected goal numbers some of the advanced stats like go to like websites like natural stat trick and things like that uh like this like the uh sabermetric stuff for baseball they do it in hockey now devils really should have scored more goals in that last game i love the devils last night timo meyer finally broke out of his slump he scored two goals but um a late power play just Gave the Lightning the lead. Devils were able to tie it. And uh, in overtime, so many chances. And then you get to a shootout. And I love the way the Lightning play in overtime. The Devils, by the way, the most over one of the, they have 10 overtime wins this year. Their skill and speed is just so good in overtime. But the Lightning know that they have Andre Vasilevsky in net. So when they get into overtime, they just burn the clock. And they just say, you know what? If we get our chances, we'll take our two-on-one chances. But if not, We'll just hold the puck and play for a shootout because if we get into a shootout, you're not scoring on our goaltender. What do you think their odds are in a shootout? I would think that the Lightning have much better, uh, yeah, better, better record. Better than 50-50. They're, but... they're five and four in overtime this year. Okay, but so, you think if you were projecting, they would win like sixty percent? Yeah, in shootouts? overtime. Yeah, I mean in a shootout. Yeah, they're five and four in overtime. I'd okay. have to look at their shootout record. Uh, but the Lightning win four three in a shootout over the Devils. Avalanche a five four win over the Senators. Blackhawks a two one win over the Predators. The Bruins, hey, snap their losing streak in a big way. Three nothing over the Jets. Jeremy Swayman thirty six saves. In the shutout, Oilers 4-1 over the Stars. Connor McDavid, another goal and another assist. Stuart Skinner made 25 saves. He is putting himself in the running for the uh, Calder Trophy for the NHL's Rookie of the Year. He's had a very nice season so far. And you look at the odds right now up on DraftKings. Matty Beneers is minus 700. Wow. And Stuart Skinner is next at plus 1,200. I might take a flyer on that, plus 1,200. Stuart Skinner. The uh, Coyotes beat the Canucks 3-2. Flames 7-2 over the Knights. Uh, Blue Jackets and the Kings. Kings win 4-1. And then the Kraken, a 2-1 win over the Sharks. Small schedule tonight. You just have a couple of games, four games. Sabres at the Flyers. Buffalo minus 135. Hurricanes at the Maple Leafs. This is a very good matchup. 
Could be a potential Eastern Conference final if things break out that way. Uh, Hurricanes right now battling with the Devils for first place in the Metropolitan Division. With the Devils losing last night, gives Carolina a little bit of breathing room. They're one point ahead on the Devils. It would have They would have been tied if New Jersey came away with a the win there. Toronto minus 125 at home. Total is six. The Blues are at the Capitals. Washington minus 165. And the Ducks host the Blue Jackets. Anaheim minus 125. UFC 286 this weekend, and it is the rematch for the welterweight championship of the world, Kamaru Usman, the challenger. Kamaru Usman. The challenger is minus 250. In the champion's town of London, England. This is at the O2 Arena. Leon, Leon Edwards, plus 200. So the champion is the underdog. Champion's a two-to-one dog. Well, was it a fluky win last time for Edwards? Well, as someone who had Kamaro Usman by decision, I was already counting my money. And then with 50 seconds left in the fight, Leon Edwards, who is getting his ass kicked at mm-hmm, this point, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. throws up a head kick and absolutely decapitates Kamaro <laughs> Usman in the cage. Oh, he died? He didn't die, oh. or he wouldn't be fighting again here. But he, like, it looked like he died. They were able to reattach. They reattach. They sewed his head back on, and he's he's good to go. It's really fascinating uh, technology they've got now. <laughs> but I looked at it again this time. Usman by decision, plus one hundred five. Mm. I'm tempted. I'm tempted. But now he got knocked out publicly. He's pissed off. You think he's going to knock? He wants to knock him out. It wouldn't surprise me if he chased a knockout, kind of like he did with Colby Covington. Remember, he broke Colby Covington's jaw. Didn't it feel like that last fight? Didn't it feel like the uh, Rocky uh, Apollo fight, right? Where, you know, it's like, you got to fight one man, just stay away just from him. And he's like, away. nah, yeah. I'm going to knock him out. I'm going to knock him out. Listen, Usman <laughs> is clearly better. He can fall back on his wrestling. Uh, the question is, like, how does he win this fight? Minus 240, minus 250, a lot of juice to lay. I'm going to give out a best bet on the co-main event. Rafael Fazeev and Justin Gaethje over two and a half rounds. It's plus 118. And I know what you're thinking. And you're right. This is going to be an absolute dogfight. There's not. This is going to be nonstop action. Somebody is going to get knocked out. There's not going to be any wrestling here. And that's actually what makes me like it. Because the last few times Justin Gaethje's been in there with someone who didn't want to grapple. He was in there with Michael Chandler. Three rounds. The full three rounds they went. In there with Tony Ferguson in a main event. They go deep into round five. Uh, when he was in there with, with Dustin Poirier. Into round four. When he was in there with Eddie Eddie Alvarez, deep into round three. So when he's in these dog fights, they tend to go long. Fazeev is an excellent technical striker. I think he's going to give him some problems. Uh, but Gaethje is as tough as they come. When he's lost, it's, he got choked out by Khabib. He got choked out by Charles Oliveira. Mm. Fazeev is not going to look to get this fight to the ground. He's as willing to stand and trade as Justin Gaethje is. I think these two bang it out for three full rounds, getting plus money at over two and a half rounds worth a shot to me. And uh, I didn't know Brent Burns was fighting. Uh, Brian Barberena looks like a doppelganger <laughs> for uh, Brent Burns of the Carolina Hurricanes against Gunnar Nelson. Gunnar Nelson is three eighty. That that's that's the heaviest. Got to be the heaviest favorite on the card, right? Um, no, no Jack, Jack Shore, Shore is on the card. Four ninety. He's he's a, a Brit in Britain, <laughs> wow. and they are. 
They are feeding him uh, a fight that they think he's going to win easily. Actually, Muhammad Makayev has got to be a higher uh, favorite than that. I would guess he's probably close to seven eight hundred. Let me pull that up now. His current odds: Makayev anywhere between seven seventy and nine hundred. So, wow. uh, okay. and he's like admitted he's fighting with an injury. He like needs surgery on his shoulder, and he's like, "I'll fix it after this fight. I don't want to not fight in London." He's uh, he's a Brit as well. He's he does he didn't want to miss the London fight, so he's like, I'll have surgery afterwards if I need it. I've rested up enough, I can fight with this. <laughs> and he's a minus nine hundred favorite. No big deal. It's just a shoulder. You got two of them. Before we get out of here for the weekend, a couple of uh, NFL housekeeping items. Marcus Mariota is going to the Philadelphia Eagles to back up uh, Jalen Hurts. Kind of makes sense, right? And you got a guy that can yes. run the, the same type of offense as what Jalen Hurts runs for the Eagles. So uh, good news, I guess, for for Philly. Gets a nice, safe veteran backup for Jalen Hurts. Philly also bringing back Darius Slay. So starting to piece back together the uh, Super Bowl team from uh, last season. And, uh, you know, Bradbury and Slay. And, okay, sure. So Eagles going to run it back. Uh, elsewhere around the league, the Bears signing uh, former Panthers running back Dante Foreman. Um, and the Bears also signing former Packers tight end Robert Tunyon. So one less former Packer that can go to the Jets as a part of this. <laughs> you know, speaking of the Jets, uh, former Jets wide receiver Braxton Berrios signs with the Miami Dolphins. Any uh, movement on the Rodgers front? No. No movement on the Aaron Rodgers front. Just waiting and waiting and waiting. <laughs> and, and not getting nervous at all. And waiting. Feeling good, mostly. Feeling good. You know what else is good? Saving 20% at pregame.com. No waiting. No waiting. Just head on over to pregame.com and take advantage of all the packages that are up. Uh, AJ crushing it with his three stars with the college basketball. Fezzik had a great Thursday as well. I, I did go three and one in hockey. There we last go, night. baby. It's about time. Uh, Mac had an incredible run in the NBA. So season long packages are still available. Baseball's coming up as well. So uh, you want to make sure that you're on board at pregame.com. And in the spirit of Princeton, McKenzie's rivals from the Ivy League. Are they the rivals, McKenzie? It's one of those Eagles, Cowboys, Commander situations where we are definitely biggest rivals with Harvard. But Princeton, you know, they think we're in some, in some sort of okay. dispute. Yeah. We dismiss them. Princeton, great town. I lived not too far away, been there many, many times. You know, uh, they got a sandwich shop there called Hoagie Haven. Did you ever hook up with a Princeton chick? Uh, I hooked up with a chick that lived in Princeton. But never, but not, not a Did not go to Princeton. Smart move. No. I mean, a no. Princeton 8 makes a Yale 6 look like a Harvard 7. <laughs> no, she went to... Um, uh, was good. She went to, uh, what, a Middlesex Community College? You know, one of those? Well, before and after sex. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So you look at, um, oh, Hoagie Haven. That's what I was saying. Hoagie Haven. They make these, like, long subs. But they, I went, one time I had, it was four hamburger patties, okay. four eggs, bacon, cheese, all on this long, like, massive long sub roll. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Not too spicy for you? Not too spicy. <laughs> they make a bunch of great sandwiches there, though. So, uh, yeah. Uh, in the spirit of Princeton, 
promo code is going to be upset 20 upset 20 for the Princeton Tigers pulling the upset over Arizona upset 20 gets you 20% off anything you'd like at pregame.com for Mackenzie Rivers and AJ Hoffman I'm Scott Seidenberg don't bust your brackets we are straight out of Vegas AM